1: ready to be inspired, uplifted, and motivated to greatness? It's time for Star Style. Be the star you are with your effervescent personal growth coaches, the Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and health specialist Heather Brittany. Define your vision, discover your passion, and design your future in this power-packed hour of life-changing talk radio. Featuring authors and success experts dedicated to helping you achieve the results you deserve. Be entertained, edutained, encouraged, and empowered. Smile, have fun, and celebrate you. Explore your potential and embrace your possibilities with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, on Star Style. Be the star you are, starting right now. Heather.
2: Hello Power Partners, welcome to Radio's finest program of Positive Book Talk. It is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. My name is Cynthia Bryan.
3: And I'm Heather Brittany.
2: And we are here to inspire and uplift and help you to soar to greatness. We want you to find your potential and embrace all your possibilities. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by the Star Style store. Get a head start on your holiday shopping and buy autographed books for everyone on your list. Visit StarStyleRadio.com and click on the store. And this miracle moment is, when I was five years old, my mother always told me that happiness was the key to life. When I went to school, they asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I wrote down happy. They told me I didn't understand the assignment. I told them they didn't understand life. And that is a gift from John Lennon. I love that. Great. Yeah, I mean, isn't it true, sometimes at school, as, as much as the teachers attempt to do wonders for us, unfortunately, um, they get the assignment wrong sometimes. Happiness <laughs> is the key. Well, in today's show, Heather is going to be explaining to all of us how we can understand our health insurance plans and our health insurance cards. I know I need that help, Heather. And then we have Samantha Ryan Chandler will be on with us with her book, A Love Story, How God Pursued and Found Me. And she's going to tell her story of like deep despair to hope. And then I will be talking about ways to get better sleep and then also lighten your mood in the office. And in the Business Bite, you're going to get some tips on how to establish some strong management skills so another very strong show for you today well i just have to announce heather i sent you the picture but i have a new potbelly pig (laughs) (laughs) and her name is cookie it's actually the real name is chocolate chip cookie and she was found on a roadside about a month and a half ago um by this couple who lived in San Francisco, and they were kind enough, even though they lived, you know, she was in a the city.
3: city pig.
2: What? Yeah, I know she was a city pig. She was running on the side of the road, and they, nobody could find who she was, or, despite all efforts. And so they contacted the Pot Belly Pig Society, who contacted me. <laughs> <laughs> there really is a Pot Belly Pig Society, and they asked if I would adopt her. So a couple nights ago, the the foster parents, the foster pig parents. Came out to inspect the household to make sure that I would be an appropriate, foster, not a foster, an appropriate adoptive pig parent. <laughs> and now I am the happy parent of Miss Cookie. She is Aww. darling. She's fifty-one pounds, and she's sort of she's brown and brown and white with little black spots all over her. And she does look like a chocolate chip cookie. And uh, she's she's getting along really well with the goats and with the geese and the chickens and the rabbit and the ducks and um, all the rest of the animals that I have in the barnyard. And she has a sleeping Mm -hmm. bag. She makes herself her own little bed. And just so all of you know who are listening... She has a sleeping bag. When she lived in San Francisco, she actually lived in the house with this nice couple, and they potty they house trained her, so she was like a dog. She would go to the door and she would go wee (laughs) wee. She would she would she would do her little oink 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 um, when she had to go outside. And but now, of course, I am just all my animals are outside, so. Miss Cookie is outside and she's very, very, very happy rooting around in the dirt. So that's my pig story for today. Well, Aww. enough about the pig. I could go on and on. I, I guess I'm up to post some pictures of her. Uh, we want to understand our health care plan, Heather. So everyone out there, I do. I don't know if anyone really understands, you know, the new rules or how the program works. I mean, do you know how to determine when you go into an examination room? Is it sanitary the way you want it? Do you know how to follow the directions on the prescription bottle? And just what about the card? There's been so many changes to insurance. My card doesn't say whether I have a copayment or not. I don't know what's included or not included. But Heather is our health specialist. So where do we begin with this, Heather?
3: How do we start finding out? Exactly. Well, having excellent health coverage doesn't uh, it means you're, it means you're going to have great treatment, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to get the greatest service. And a lot of times, you know, it's up to you. I'm working in a medical office. It is such a privilege and a wonderful thing um, to be able to afford to have health insurance. However, a lot of times people come in, they have this card, but they've never used it. They don't know how to use it. They've never called. And a lot of times people will be surprised. I know I was in that same boat that I finally had my own health insurance and I had never called. I didn't know how to use it. It seemed really confusing. I didn't know what to do. And finally when I called and kind of got stepped through things, I found out I have amazing insurance. I have very little copay and I can get anything with that. And a lot of times people don't know what great coverage they're paying into um, and they don't know how to access it. And, you know, I'm just going to briefly touch on just your card, you know, just kind of ways of just kind of getting more out of your health care. So first, just kind of saying, understanding this infamous card. Great, you have coverage now. Um, you don't need to know how to talk in the I-90s uh, in the coding and all that stuff. I still stumble with that. But just knowing the basic stuff um, can help kind of streamline your visits when you go into the doctor's or when you're trying to make an appointment or finding out, um, you know, so you're not caught off guard if you go in for something and finding out you're not covered. So just kind of the basic looking at your SCARD, um, knowing what the common terms and abbreviations are. So first thing is the member number or the ID number. That identifies you um, and the insured. So if your whole family is covered under one single plan, you'll all have the same um, card, the same ID number. And a lot of times you may have, you know, Joe Smith may have his whole family insured under his policy. They all the cards may just say Joe Smith on it, and that's perfectly fine. Um, when if your kid goes in and uses it in the system, it should say all the other people that are this card is listed under. I have a also,
2: question before uh-huh. you go on with the cards, um, though. You know, with all of it, do you need to get a, a card every time you like update your insurance? If you're staying with the same insurance company, or do they just stay the same?
3: It you know, and that's the, it. All depends on your own individual insurance. If you switch plans, and that's one thing too. Let's say you temporarily have to terminate your plan. Most likely, you're going to have to get a new number and new card when you reinstate it. They should send you that, and that's something you should, you know, when applying, you should contact them because having your um, your uh, actual, uh, your actual ID number, you know, your healthcare insurance card, your actual card. It's sort of like having an ID. A lot of times, I know in our particular uh, facility, if people even if they know back in front everything what their card entails without the physical copy, we can't we can't accept their insurance because we you know we need to call on it. A lot of times, um, people may have the card, but it's no longer active. It's, so finding out all the stuff what is covered, um, you may have a really high copay. Finding out that stuff, but if you change insurances or if you upgrade. A lot of times, unless you're in a company that, you know, the cards are different colored or something, you know, sometimes with like AAA, you, you, there's different tiers, so they'll send you a different colored one. You know, you're no longer the gold, you're the platinum or something. So um, if your insurance works like that, you'll probably need a new card, but most of the time, no. If um, Anytime they have to get your information, it's just in the computer system. Your basic stuff is just on the cover because... Your name um, isn't changing unless you know marital status. Um you, you know your social isn't changing, your medical record number isn't changing. Also doing things like PCP, that's your primary care physician. Um, that the amount of that copay with that will all go on what um, coding you're under, your payers ID. Things, you know, if you're a PPO, you know, that or a HMO, we've discussed, we've discussed this in, in previous um T for twos. But knowing those simple words allows you to know if um, you're able to be seen somewhere or if there's going to be a higher copay. And sometimes your information is right, you know, how much you're going to be cost charged for things is right there on your card. Or there's a number where you can call. A lot of times you get those systems or you're talking with the electronic thing, just push zero or push the thing. This is if you'd like to speak with a representative because I know I hate talking with the computer system. Um no, she's coming to the basement. Well, not only
2: talking to the computer system, but you're usually on hold forever, and that is so frustrating, you know, is that you have just a simple question or whatever, or you got to make a, a correction, and you're on hold for an hour.
3: And that's something, too. Look on your card. A lot of times there's a website, too, and they'll have um, the website. We can put in, uh, type in your question, and they will have someone call and get back to you. Or sometimes they'll have a system where they if you know, if you'd like us to call you back because otherwise you're going to be in hold for we you know, give us a number we can call you back at, and then they'll call you back um, so that you're not, you know, wasting your minutes, not wasting your time on hold the whole time. Just really when you get your card, investigate it. Don't just awesome, I have insurance. It only works for you if you work for it. You, know, you have to investigate these things so you know it because you may have great coverage, you may have terrible coverage, but you won't know it until you really investigate it. Also, you know, now that you've had this great card, is looking for your doctor. You want to make sure, um, you know, your doctor has really good bedside manners, and um, it's kind of impossible to find that out just by setting up the appointment and looking at the name. Scope out your doctor's office when you go there. Um, first thing in the waiting rooms, you won't be looking at those chairs. You want to look at the chairs What they have you in. Um, they should be made of a material that's easy to wipe down and clean every night, though big, soft fluffy, a po- a po- a poster, um, maybe nice and comfortable, it's, it's really dirty. Unless they are having weekly steam clean, bacteria is going to get on that. And, you know, you're in a medical office. Sick people are there. So if you see those kind of plastic down chairs, they may not look nice, but those are things that are easily to clean, so you're not getting that bacteria. Also, um, going into the doctor's room, there should be a hand sanitizer or a pump Soap um, in the room with uh, by the sink. You see bar soap? Mm-mm. That, that's just a breeding ground for bacteria. And the doctor, you know, it, you should see that too. Before they do anything on you, make sure they are physically showing you that they're using hand sanitizer or, or washing their hands. That's just one of a medical thing. Um, even if they're not even going to be touching you, to show the patient this kind of cleansing, this overly cleansing stuff. And if you see, it's and an- there
2: are sinks in most in most of the medical rooms. However, some of the old, you know, the older uh, facilities probably don't have that. But don't you also want to make sure if they're going to give you a shot or something that they're taking the needles and stuff out of a um, a brand new package?
3: Yeah, I think that, I mean, it's, uh, I haven't heard much, you know, of those anymore. Of those, the old days, <laughs> trying to save those needles by any means, but... Yeah, that's definitely you know something showing you know you're you should feel comfortable and ask again too ask you can say you know can I watch you with these things? It's your medical. They should have no problem showing you, answering you um, these questions, watching their procedures, seeing you know that they have things clearly labeled, that they're putting on new gloves. It wasn't until I started working medical I realized it seems like such a waste at first of how. We probably go through two entire boxes of gloves in a day, um, which have, you know, like a hundred gloves in each. Um, because anytime we touch something else, there's cross-contamination. We don't want to be, you know, opening something, touching a door, and then touching your skin. And, you know, though there's the rare chances for things, we don't even want to take that chance. So just constantly new gloves. I mean, before we put on the new gloves, there's the washing of the hands or the hand sanitizer really showing this cleanliness, um, you know, for you. And that's, you know, at some point you want me getting... Well, I love
2: the hand sanitizers. Now I go to the bank and there are even hand sanitizers, you know, oh, at my the bank. Money is ba-
3: dirty. You I, it's very dirty.
2: To, yeah, and I love it. I really like the idea. And I keep thinking about
3: what did we do five years ago
2: when there weren't all these hand sanitizers?
3: Yeah, and even you know, other things too. Um, you know that that happens with us all the time. Doctors give us instructions for a reason. When it comes to medications, a lot of times, you know, why aren't you better? if you didn't take your medicine correctly. Um, one thing with antibiotics, you may start feeling better. Finish it out. Otherwise, you're going to start to get a resistant to it. When things, when we tell you, you know, don't drink with it. Sorry, don't drink with it a lot. Some medications can make you violently ill if you drink with them. Others, it's not that it's going to be um, make you sick, but when you drink, your body isn't absorbing minerals as well. You're just urinating it out. So a lot of times, what's going to happen? You're not going to get the full dose of the medicine. You're just going to urinate it out, and then that's going to leave you feeling, you know I, Why aren't I not completely well yet? I took all the medicine as directed, you know, but kind of wasn't paying attention to the other, you know, side directions too. Um, also, you know, taking your medications. It's, uh, certain you know juices, acidities can break them down and make them too strong, or take away from. Just take it with water, as well as um, you know to avoid a medication mishap. Um, when you're taking table, you know, spooning out things, actually take a spoon from your um, from your drawer because those little caps that they come in or those you know preset syringes sometimes they are actually about twelve percent larger than what you really should be getting. So. Just talking, you know, with your doctor, finding out what the medication you need to be taking, and then just taking the correct amounts is what you should be doing.
2: Well, we're winding up here, so I'm going to have you wrap it up. And before we finish, I just wanted to add one thing that I found out is I went to get a flu shot, and I paid for it. Then I decided I should call my insurance. It turns out that all my flu shots and tetanus shots and All of these things are actually included in my policy. So I do encourage people to call at least once and have them send you out like a a sheet of what's included. I keep it in my car now.
3: But go ahead and wind it up, Heather, for us. Yeah, again, that's exactly. It's up to you to get the best health insurance. So many things. And, again, starting in 2014, if everything goes as planned, everyone's going to have to have health insurance. And so it's really picking the right one, finding out what is offered, and many things now with uh, certain laws are completely covered. Soon, um, you know, contraception will be something that there will be no copay for contraception. It's going to be a covered medicine. So when you're looking into it, find out with your card, find out your doctor, and make sure you're getting the best health care possible.
2: Well, thank you so much for bringing that to us because I know with all these changes, it's it's really confusing out there. The medical establishments don't know what's going on, and it's really up to each individual to take the initiative. And what I have found is when I do finally get a person on the other end, they're very, very helpful. So for all of you, make sure to find out. And when we come back from break, we're going to lighten up the mood in the office. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And you're listening to Star Style Be the Star You Are, coming right back at you. Stay with us. Be
4: the star you are. The star you are. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Business Bikes. Here's Cynthia Bryan.
2: Do you know how to develop a strong management team? Successful business owners and their managers are precise, they're decisive, and they're clear. Clarity and confidence from a leader creates a feeling of security in the followers. Weak managers are not respected because often their directions are confusing. So here are eight ways to develop strong management skills. First, be decisive. Even if you're wrong, you're moving forward. Make a step. Second, be involved. Confront issues and handle any problems. Third, encourage change. Constantly be looking for ways to make things better, improved, different, more cost-effective. Fourth, fear not. Never let fear rule. Move through it, face it, conquer it, go around it, but don't be stuck in it. Fifth, be a fact finder. Seek the truth and insist that everyone be honest and have integrity. Sixth. Be a risk taker. The greatest is risk, I mean the greatest risk is not taking a risk. Always go out on that limb. Simplify issues. Break down complicated problems into their simplest parts. And finally delegate. Find and train competent people. Trust them to do a great job and they will. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style Productions. For coaching, advice, or consultations, visit star-style.com or call 925-377-STAR.
1: Everyone counts. That web address again is www.be thestarur.org. Be the star you are.
4: Be the star you are. Light up the
0: flame. that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women families and youth visit be the star you to make a tax- deductible donation today everyone counts donate today be the lucky star you are.org
4: star you
1: This business of show business is calling out to me. Avoid the scams and get started acting or modeling with a consultation from acting and media coach Cynthia Bryan, who has guided the entertainment careers of thousands of students of all ages for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. That's 925-377-STAR. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
4: Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and motivated to greatness with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Turn up the volume. Tune in to the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, back to the program with the Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan.
2: Well, you are here. I am here. It's party time. You are listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank you for staying with us. You know, speaking of uh, coaching for business, of show business, right before the show, I was doing a consultation with a client that I actually hadn't seen in 20 years. And it was just fantastic. Uh, this is one of the wonderful things about show business. You can take a break. And then when you're ready, you can come and jump back in. All you just need is a little bit of, you know, polishing up, a little brush up, and then you're you're off to the races. All of a sudden, it seems like there's lots and lots of good opportunities happening out there. So if you are an actor or a model or, you know, someone who wants to get into the business, give us a call, 925-377-STAR. We can do the coaching by phone, by Skype, or you're welcome to come into the studio for an in-person consultation. We also just wanted to announce that Be the Star You Are essay contest, sponsored by U.S. Bank, is in full swing, and we want you to enter. It's the eighth annual national essay contest. You can win a guest spot on this radio show. You'll win dollars, uh, books, and uh, we will also be giving the winner and probably the runner-ups a um, an interview on the new Express Yourself teen radio show, that will be on Voice America Kids. The two topics that have been assigned for this year's essay contest are the world at your fingertips. It's about how technology allows people to access and to do so much more than they ever imagined. But how did it change your life personally? Is your life better or worse? And the second topic is called hear me out. You got something to say, then say it. And what does it mean to express yourself so that others can hear you. How do you personally go about doing so? Express your opinions in an essay. So those are your two essays that you can, you have your choice of entering. Go to btsya.com to get guidelines or you can also go to be the star you are dot org and you will also find uh, the, the information there. Well, sleep, most people think that sleep starts at bedtime. But the reality is, is that a great night's sleep really begins the morning that you wake up. Because the scientists are telling us every day that Mother Nature wants to have her way with you. And the important thing is even though that, you know, humans have been snoozing since day one, half of all Americans have experienced insomnia in recent months, according to a 2011 poll that was conducted by the National Sleep Foundation. Now, that doesn't even include the 10% of people who suffer from chronic insomnia. The key problem, according to the experts, is that people are approaching sleep as a nighttime challenge when really it's a day-long process. So you don't want to count sheep. You want to start counting down to better slumber. And here's a simple rest-easy plan. Now, the first thing is you want to wake up on schedule. And I know that one's a hard one. And that means, yep, even on Sundays, you know, you think it's sleeping day. When you hop out of bed, you're essentially pressing go on your circadian clock. And that's that internal timer that cycles your body between periods of alertness and sleepiness. So what you want to do is this timer, it functions best when you wake up within the same 60-minute window every day. When you go too far off track, you run the risk of becoming really wired at nighttime, and an easy way to uh, ensure that you get out of bed just place your alarm clock, you know, across the room. I personally don't like alarm clocks. I just wake up at the same time every day. I've sort of trained myself, and alarm clocks, jaw, you know, just oh, they drive me crazy. So if you're that kind of person too, just train yourself. So you want to let the light in when daylight saving time started and you know it gets a whole lot brighter in the morning and people are more energized when they see light because exposing your eyes to a strong natural light early in the day wakes up the brain and then it prepares the body for a day of activity and this is really according to the neuroscience professors at the University of Oxford and they say that um By having strong light, like in your office, whatever, keeps tiredness at bay until nighttime. And that's when you want to feel sleepy. So you want to aim for at least 30 to 60 minutes of sunlight and outdoors uh, through or even a lot of light through a large window every single morning. And during the dreary stretches of weather, especially in winter, you might need to get a light therapy box that mimics some solar illumination. And you can ask your doctor for help and some some things that you could do in that uh, category. But one thing that I like to do is I like to schedule a time, whether I'm going to eat lunch or not, just to take 15 minutes and go outside every day and sit outside in the sunshine, catch up on my reading or whatever work I can do outside, but at least let my body have some uh, sunlight. Now, if you drink alcohol, it can cause some overnight wakefulness because As it's a sedative um, in the beginning, as you know, you drink and you kind of get tired. But that when you get a buzz, it actually wakes you up afterwards. So you want to avoid the late night uh, drinking. You also want to keep your room cool. It's tempting to crank up the heat on chilly nights, but you're better rested if you don't. And the French study found that people sleep most soundly if the room is in a temperature between 61 and 66 degrees so turn down the thermostat and instead just get a really nice cozy blanket you know or a big duvet that's uh, i do that i love to have the windows open and you know have some fresh air another thing is switch off your gadgets do not have your smartphone or uh, your pager or anything with the bright light around you because the intense light of those electronic screens, they delay the body's nighttime release of melatonin by up to 90 minutes. And in addition to unplugging from the gadgets before bedtime, you want to turn off any non-essential lights throughout your whole house. Now, of course, that's going to help with your electricity bill as well. But by doing that, according to the North Shore Sleep Medicine in Illinois, it actually is starting to tell your body that, hey, it's nighttime. It's like we're chickens or roosters. You know, you go to bed with the darkness. You wake up with the light. Now, uh, before you go to bed, one of the best things you can do is to take a hot bath or a shower because the body's core temperature is supposed to dip at nighttime to sink the brain into a sleep mode. So give the process a nudge by taking a shower or a bath right before you go to bed. And then your internal temperature will drop after you come out of the water. That's the whole idea. You can take a nice hot bath, but when you come out, it'll be cooler and your body temperature will drop. And here's the other thing that is really great. Put some lotion on that's scented with lavender or jasmine or rose. Those three fragrances are slumber enhancers. Since I grow all three of those, I often just bring those flowers into the room and I take a big whiff before I go to bed, and it really is great. And then for your bedroom, now that you've laid the groundwork for a great night's sleep, you want to make sure that you don't have these last-minute snags. And those would be a lumpy pillow that can you know, really zap the slumber by causing you to change positions too frequently. So fluff it once, you know, or... Maybe you might, if it's too lumpy, you might have to replace it. If you have light in there, you want to, um, block it off. You're better sleeping in total darkness. I know when I have to go to a hotel and that light, you know, goes underneath the door, I put a towel down. The other thing you can do is wear a sleep mask. Stray noises. And you know, when you hear dogs barking or buses or alarms or something, that jolts you awake. So, You can either have like some kind of a white noise machine and they even make them for traveling to mask that or you can run a fan or, you know, some people wear earplugs. And then getting out of bed and rummaging for tissues or lip balm or all of that, it makes it hard to fall back to sleep. Avoid this by stocking what you need right next to the bed. Those are your frequently needed supplies. And then as a final thing, You don't want to have television. I know a lot of people like watching TV in their bedroom, but it's not a smart idea. So just remember, you're in charge of your good sleep. And if you want to have a a great life and a happy life, then you need to make sure that you have a good place to sleep. And then I just wanted to give a couple things of lightening the mood in the office. Once you've had a good sleep, you can have a happy office because if you're unhappy, if you have an unhappy office, it's a non-profitable office. So improve the mood by doing a few of these things: say something nice and smile every single day. Don't hold on to disappointments with staff. If you make a mistake, own up to it and move on. You know, failure's fertilizer. Give the staff facts behind the decisions that you make and encourage contributions and ideas. Allow employees to enjoy one another's company. And, you know, to laugh and talk a little bit, appropriately, don't assume anything. Always ask what's on people's minds so that you can help them. Write thank you notes, be grateful, and praise people openly. And, you know, once in a while, how about make some homemade cookies and bring them in? I think everything is always better with cookies, and actually it's better with cookies and milk. So we are going to go to a break, a very quick break, and when we come back, You are going to meet Samantha Ryan Chandler. She wrote the book, A Love Story, How God Pursued Me and Found Me, an impossibly true story. So this is a great segment on how she went from despair to hope, and you can too. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and we will be back in a minute. the Star You
4: Are
1: Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. You can be the star you are. Turn up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany.
2: Well, every week, Star Style, Be the Star You Are brings you authors and experts who expand your horizon and jumpstart your life. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 charity dedicated to increasing literacy Positive media like this radio show and the new teen show express yourself and offering concrete tools for living a life of meaning and purpose. The charity is supported solely by your generous donations. So keep this entrepreneurial endeavor on the air by making a tax deductible contribution today. Go to btsya.com or be the star you are dot org and thank you so much for caring. Well, Samantha, Ryan Chandler was born in a very colorful town in Louisiana, but she really was reaching out to the world thinking... It had to be bigger than, you know, Nowhere, Louisiana. (laughs) And so she decided to create her own path and to go where others may have gone, but she trod it a little bit differently. She's now written a book called A Love Story, How God Pursued Me and Found Me, an Impossibly True Story. Welcome, Samantha, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are.
0: Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
2: Well, thank you. You're just recently back from Australia, I understand.
0: Yes, I was there two months, uh, some fun and promoting my book as well.
2: Well, very good.
0: Well, this is a book
2: that you never thought you were going to write until a lot of people (laughs) kept saying every time you'd tell them your story, they'd say, wait a minute, this should be a book, this should be a book. And I know in your acknowledgments, you thank so many people. Tell us how it came about.
0: Well, I sat down and I wrote it to myself. I never ever thought it would be a book. I had so experienced so many horrors in my life and and there were things that were just I could not understand and so I got my laptop out, and I need to see where God was and so I started at an early age and mentioned places to myself to remind I didn't know him at the time, but I looked back and he was there, and so I wrote it. I thought to myself, but not to spoil the ending, it turned out not to be accurate that I wrote it to myself. But I was looking for a a common thread in my life, and I needed to see God.
2: Well, and also I think, too, Samantha, it was cathartic to write down what you were going through. So let's talk about your story because one of the reasons that you really wrote the book from what I gather from reading a love story, How God Pursued Me and Found Me, is that you want to give hope to other people and to have other people realize that no matter whether you believe or not, God's hand is involved and God is there to help you. So, what you started off, you, you've known great poverty and you've known great wealth. You have been like, you know, it's like been a, a yo-yo, right, of back and forth. So tell us a little bit about how it all started. You were, you, how you grew up poor. What, you know, the, 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 the what happened
0: and what changed you? Uh, life changed me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, if true. I had not lived it, I promise you, I would not have believed it. It, uh, I'm certain Hollywood wished they had written this story. Because <laughs> if you had seen it in a movie, you would say this could not happen.
2: Well, that's but why could... truth is always stronger than fiction usually, right?
0: Yes, it's true. And, and, and what you, your comment about giving hope, I didn't realize that it would give hope. I, uh, as you read, I was slightly embarrassed about presenting my heart to the world. And it's quite raw and vulnerable. And I thought, who could possibly want to hear this? And uh, I have a website, and on it is a contact me page. And I've heard from readers from so many parts of the world. And uh, each one takes a different take from the book. Uh, One woman in New York wrote to me and said, After I read this book, I wanted to know God. I wanted to know him deeper. Then another woman in North Carolina contacted me and said, I read it all night, which, of course, made me happy. She couldn't put it down. (laughs) But she said, you know, when the children got up in the morning, the first thing I wanted to do was hug them and tell them how much I love them. And she said my book made me aware that possibly I could love them even dearer, greater, show more love. So. um,
2: Well, these are wonderful responses from readers. And this has been your quest, too. I mean, this to you, to you. One of the things that you feel most passionate about is being a really loving parent, yet you had your children snatched away from you for a while, and that had to be the most painful of all.
0: There's no greater pain than that, and I, um, just <laughs> I'm beyond it, but it, it brings tears to my eyes to even think about it. I had never been without my child, ever, and one moment I wake up, and I don't have a husband, I don't have a child, and I have no money and i'm fighting i'm fighting for my life and it's uh, fighting to get my child back my whole focus was to get my child back and that was used against me in the divorce court i i call it uh, annihilation called divorce it, it wasn't was an annihil-
2: it was an annihilation and i think you nailed it on the head samantha it when many people when they go through a divorce it's it's sometimes worse than a death and it was like that for you
0: Well, I have learned since going through this. I mean, I have my book. I don't name too many people there. The babies are older baby, middle baby, and baby baby. And uh, the chapter on when Pollyanna marries Darth Vader pretty much spells it out. But uh, before I had the divorce, I had no idea. That very wealthy men did this. I was just a mom chugging along. I had a children's ministry and had my, my own babies to take care of. And, you know, I wasn't aware that what a man of great wealth was capable of doing. But having gone through this, I've seen it more than once. It is um, unbelievable. They they plan your demise for years.
2: Well, and I want to talk about that without giving away your story. We're talking to author Samantha Ryan Chandler, who book is A Love Story, How God Pursued Me and Found Me. And uh, the other subtitle is Impossibly True Story. (laughs) And it is impossibly true. However, it is true, and it happens to other people. And uh, I want to just name your website quickly here, and we'll give it out again. But that is samantharyanchandler.com, dot com, and Ryan is spelled R Y A N. So it's just the name of her, of her, Samantha Ryan Chandler. So you can contact her. But I found it fascinating, especially the chapter Pollyanna, Darth Vader. Is that you had been? You know, it it's it's not like you had never. It wasn't that wealth was all that exciting to you. I mean, you hadn't known wealth. And then, next thing you know, you marry this man who is uber wealthy, a millionaire. Maybe he was even a billionaire. I don't know. But I mean, and you're meeting presidents and, uh, very, you know, very high profile people. Yet, he controlled you to the nth degree. He did not allow you to, or he would give you a little, he would give you an allowance, right? Oh, at the beginning of the year. And it didn't matter. You could not go over whatever this allowance was, whether it was for food or whatever. And in the meantime, he was stockpiling stuff. I mean, that was. was, And so what would be your advice to people? Tell us about that chapter in your life and then what you (laughs) learned from it.
0: Oh, I learned volumes. <laughs> First, I have to say my life is forever changed, that Pollyanna died and a phoenix has risen. Well, that's a
2: good thing then, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yes, it is. I'm forever changed. And, you know, God doesn't waste these moments. And uh, I don't want to repeat them. And I have got to the place where I don't regret going through it. What I learned, oh, my goodness, is volumes, volumes of knowledge. But advice, uh gosh. You, you need to be aware of secrecy. If you're ever in a relationship with anyone and everything is a secret, that is such a big red flag. But of course, the Pollyannas of the world don't notice that.
2: And, oh, and so uh, many, I know myself, I mean, I know so many women who their husbands take care of all the finances and, you know, everything. And when there are times, either there's a divorce or there's another woman or there's something and they are left with nothing or the person dies and the, woman doesn't know how to take care of herself. And so something I took away from your book is we have to be involved. We have to know what's going on.
0: Well, when I say secrecy, I don't mean just not knowing about where the checkbook is. I'm talking about finding out about a land transaction at a party that I didn't even know we owned the land. But other people knew. Or I might ask him how his day was and he'd be vague. I'd call the office and I'd ask his secretary, you know, thinking maybe I could go to lunch with him. Well, she wouldn't know where he was either. So (laughs) this type of profile of the man that is capable of doing this seems to be the common denominator of secrecy and greed.
2: And with the children, take that step. That was something that was very frightening.
0: Oh, my goodness, yes. Uh, I I don't think I can ever be afraid again. I've experienced the worst in my life. It's... uh, (laughs) You know, no mother can ever imagine having her child taken away from her and for something that is a pure lie.
2: Well, in this case, there was actually a case built against you trying to make you look like you were incompetent or crazy or whatever, which happens.
0: People do things like this. You know, I did not know that, but having brought my story forward, it even happened to someone who had mentioned it to me 30 years ago. (laughs) I thought it was fashionable of late, but maybe it's just they're more wealthy men out and there's more of the Internet and and the social um, forums to help them know how to get the uh, strategy that a four-star general would be proud of and how to throw away your wife and end up with the most toys and money. How,
2: how do you protect yourself today and what would you say to women out there or even men who maybe, you know, I mean the tables could be turned. <laughs> what would you say to them? How do you protect yourself besides, you know, being aware of any secrecy that's going on? How can we keep the communication open and know that you're, you're in a relationship that's a real relationship?
0: Well, you're right. I was not in a real relationship. I was a business deal, and that's uh, all you
2: were. Yes, you were a business deal. That's all I
0: was. I was a business deal, and and so yes. Uh, Men, you know, I have a friend that was going through something similar, and I told her, I said, you just write him a note, and you just tell him, oh, by the way, I've written a book. <laughs> that should bring fear trepidation to any man thinking of doing this.
2: Has anything, you know, I wanted to ask you that based. I know, I mean, you didn't mention names, you use no, other names, you didn't mention places, but um, has there been any repercussion to you personally?
0: I was expecting I truly expected a lawsuit, but I didn't care. The truth is the truth,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and it's only slander if it's not truth.
2: That's right.
0: I was threatened with a lawsuit, and I said, uh, knock yourself out. I have depositions and witnesses. So uh, I I had no fear of that. I was very afraid of him during my marriage. I was very afraid. I was afraid that he was was capable of killing me. To that point, I was afraid.
2: Well, you – I mean, you – Actually, when you got to that again i won 't disclose it, but you found many, many things about him that you had no idea when you were when you actually broke into a secret room. you found well, out you had a
0: secret room yes. in your
2: home that you
0: had lived in for all this time. I was the designer that 's what makes it so bizarre. That's right. I designed the house I mean that room I should have known wasn 't there it well, you know wasn 't there on the plans it was only a a personal, his secretary informed me that there was a safe in the house. And that's all I'll say, but I did find a secret room in my own house and was accused of breaking into my own home. (laughs) that, That had to be just frightening on itself.
2: We're speaking with author Samantha Ryan Chandler, a new author, and she wrote a book called A Love Story, How God Pursued Me and Found Me. And what was really important throughout your journey is, as as much as you had despair and sadness and this really bad things happening you always did feel that god was there with you i mean it was like when you say pursued you he wasn't going to let you fall through the cracks and
0: that's what kept you going that's exactly right (laughs) it's he was there even when i didn't know he was there and that's as um a child of god we have rights and uh I expect him to fix it, it you know it's uh, you reap what you sow later than you sow and greater than you sow according to my pastor charles stanley uh, bad things happen to people but they, it's not always your identification if you read in the old testament you will see that things happen to joseph for instance for 18 years things that were unfair
2: and job and all of them and actually you have several passages in your book that sh- that uh Chronicle this. So if yeah. if you, I, what I liked about that chapter is the fact you don't feel alone. You know, I mean, it's not that we want to say misery loves company, but it's nice to know that you're not the only one
0: that's ever been through this, right? Well, well I can tell you if anyone's going through problems and they're searching for answers, marinate yourself in the Psalms. Oh, my goodness. David, he he taught me how to cry out to God and say, hey, where are you? That boldness. People say, oh, God, if you would. That's not what God wants. He wants you to know. God wants you to believe him. If he said it, he will. It may not be today, but you have to know he will. And so David became my best friend, and I would read the Psalms, and I'd get such encouragement. In fact, there's one verse where David said he encouraged himself in the Lord. When no one else will encourage you, you have to encourage yourself and what you know to be true. And I wanted to also bring out something that
2: I, I found was very dear and endearing to me is your work with the children's ministry. This is something that you did on your own and uh, do where you find children that need operations in different countries and you actually, you know, you would find the hospitals, the doctors. Sometimes you'd have to fund them yourself. That that was, uh, this is an amazing um, mission that you were on and, and a gift to these
0: families. Well, thank you. It was a gift to myself as well and to my children. I thought that was the best thing I could do is to show them how blessed they were. I would... Um, received cases from kids all over the world. And they would find us. People would say, how did you find them? We didn't find them. They found us. And I would convince a surgeon and that he needed to operate on this child for free. And the hospital had to donate as well. And sometimes the children would stay in my home or my partner's home or we'd find other people. But uh, we started the organization with the thought that if we could help one child, we had done something.
2: Absolutely. The, first,
0: the first year we helped, oh, I think it was 78 kids now it's an international organization i read about i hear about it on the news it's called Charles spring international and uh, it's a fantastic organization and it was
2: just the two of you that started this correct yes, it, it was, was. and was it? i i loved it when you were talking to one hospital or something and they wanted to know how you know how many people were involved and how big <laughs> and how do we talk to the board of directors and it's like well it's myself and my friend Yes. <laughs> you know yes. it's like what Two people did this, and you did all of this on your own. So I think it really shows that one person can make a difference. One person. As long as you have a passion and you really want to help.
0: Well, it was a cottage industry (laughs) that that blossomed. It was my love of children and my love of God that, that motivated me every day. I was so grateful that I wasn't like some mom in a hut in Ethiopia crying out for help for her child. My children went to bed with food in their stomach and they were healthy. And, and it helped them, it molded who they became because they saw children from disadvantaged countries and they were able to look at the very disfigured and think it okay. They didn't turn away or be shy and they brought these children to functions at their school. So I felt like I wasn't only helping my children, I was helping their friends exactly. to understand life.
2: Well, and, and not only understand life, but to realize that we're all together in this you know, and that we may look different uh but inside where we all want the same things we all want love and happiness and health and you know we need as human beings we just we need to be appreciated and accepted so this was a wonderful thing you did now your website samantharyanchandler.com the book a love story how god pursued me and found me and give the website of the uh, of the charity again as well would you samantha it's charlespring.org uh, Childspring.org. It's, I mean, what a great organization. Well, we're running out of time. I would love you to just sum up a love story, how God pursued me and found me. And we will just inspire people to go to your website, SamanthaRyanChandler.com and pick up a copy of the book. If you think, time, think times are tough, you know, God is there for you. So go ahead and
0: sum it up, Samantha. Dare to believe in the impossible. I love it's, it. <laughs> yeah, dare to believe. It's uh, <laughs> yes. I I was ignorant. Ignorance is fixable. Stupidity is terminal. And I was ignorant for a long time, but you can change and you can see life in a different angle. And I have, and I don't regret what I've gone through, and as I said, I don't want to go through it again, but I don't regret it.
2: Well, and you probably will never go through it again because you've been there, done that, now on to new uh, new mountains to conquer, and these are all going to be positive. And the first step was writing this book, A Love Story, How God Pursued Me and Found Me, an Impossibly True Story. Samantha Ryan Chandler, thank you so much for being on, sharing your courage and your life with us. And I just wish all the best to you and that you never have to look behind anymore. That rearview mirror is clouded over. You're going to go straight forward, right? From here Uh, on out, and you're helping so many other people. So thank you for joining me on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Well, our aim is to encourage, inspire, inform and motivate. We want you to cherish the past, but dream of the future. Mostly those celebrate every moment of your life and read a book, pick up a love story until next week. We will celebrate once again. My name is Cynthia Bryan. The show is star style. Be the star you are. I thank you and I encourage you to go out into the world and be the star you are. Shine. Nothing is impossible. Thanks for joining me.
4: Thank you for tuning in every week for the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Our goal is to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to reach for the stars and shine brightly. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. You're invited to our Power Party next week and every week right here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel with the dynamic duo, The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, our health hero, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers on the planet. We'll pour more champagne for the spirit with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until we play again, be the star you are.